Hey, before we begin today's show, we've all experienced how difficult the hiring process is. Hey, look, it's difficult to find good help. That's why we got stuck with Andrew Hahn. But when you start your hiring process, you may have questions. Will you find good applicants to choose from? What about education and experience? How will you know you've made the right hire? Well, Indeed is here to help. Millions of great candidates use Indeed every day to find their next opportunity. And you can post a job with them in 10 minutes. Use screener questions to help you create your short list of applicants. You can do it fast. Also, add skills tests to your job post so you can be confident in your applicants' abilities. Their library of more than 50 skills tests ranges from industry-specific skills like accounting to general aptitude tests like critical thinking. Indeed gives you the smart tools you need to make hiring decisions quickly and be confident that you're making the right hire for your team. And you can post your job today at Indeed.com slash hoop and get a free sponsored job upgrade on that first posting. That's Indeed.com slash hoop, H-O-O-P. Terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Offer is valid through March 31st, 2020. And whenever you feel you need inspiration, you just have to look up. For more than 60 years, the Goodyear blimp has fueled greatness on the gridiron by providing aerial coverage of some of the most legendary moments in college football history. Plus, I grew up with the blimp in the skies over Akron, Ohio every day. It was one of the most proud things that we had from my hometown of Akron was the Goodyear blimp. It was based there as a big giant uh, blimp air dock there. It's one of the features of Akron. Then this guy, LeBron James, came along and Akron became known for something else. But for us old school guys, Goodyear is Akron, something we're very proud of. My grandfather worked at Goodyear for almost 50 years. I think it was 47 years. So Goodyear means a lot to my family. Uh, there will only be Goodyear tires on my cars uh, and my family's cars forever. Getting back to the blimp, when it does rise above a stadium, it inspires players to reach higher and rise to the challenge of the game's biggest moments. Now it's your turn to go further with Goodyear. Discover tires made to rise above the rest. Learn more at Goodyear.com. Goodyear, more driven. And speaking of being above the rest, Adrian Wojnarowski is one of the top voices in basketball. He's the top voice, let's just be honest. And if you want to check out his latest podcast, he sits down with Grizzlies coach Taylor Jenkins to talk about his path to head coaching and, of course, John Morant. Um, and he's a guy you just want to learn more about. I certainly want to learn more about him. That's why I'm going to check that out. And, of course, our beloved Jackie McMullen is on uh, Tuesday's episode of the ESPN Daily talking about Jason Tatum and the Celtics. So if you haven't heard either of those episodes, I strongly suggest you go check out the Woj Pod and ESPN Daily wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Hoop Collective Podcast. We talk about the NBA. It's Wednesday morning, I guess Wednesday afternoon, uh, East Coast time as we're recording this. Um, and we've got the A-team here joining us from Boston, where a lot of the NBA intelligentsia is headed this week for the Sloan Analytics Conference is Jackie McMullen. Hello, Jackie. Hello. So far, very few cancellations for MIT Sloan. I'm happy to report. And somebody who will never be accused of being in the NBA intelligentsia is banned McMahon, who's banned from the MIT conference, probably. Actually, I was invited by Daryl Morey himself, but just couldn't get the uh, travel taken care of. So Mavs Grizzlies Friday night, baby. (laughs) But tonight uh, we've got uh, you got a good one. Zion in his first ever back to back going up against Luca and the Mavs. So glad. Yeah, look, I've got. 
So glad, I've got right? no complaints. I've got I get to see Zion and John Morant both this week and squeezed in between Rockets versus Clippers. So I've got I've got a nice little three and three set up here. Oh, very good. That's uh, that is good. That's a busy. Morning. I got I got Perk and Stephen A. and uh, Michael Rubin. <laughs> no, is that who's on same. your? Is that who's that on your panel? On my, yes. What is the name of your panel? Player empowerment. There you go. Stephen Stephen A. Is, can speak to player empowerment. He certainly uh, enjoys oh, that. Oh, 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 That's oh, true. It's a, I like that. Uh, it's just true. No. Stephen A. Is, All good. He's, that man is empowered. All right. He is. So uh, Tuesday night in, in Boston, Karis LeVert had a 51-point game in overtime. Um, it was kind of a, a bizarre game because uh, – the Celtics, uh, Jason Tatum missed the game with the flu or an illness. Um, Gordon Hayward and Jalen Brown got hurt during the game. I, I hope not seriously. Jalen Brown probably a little bit more of an issue with the hamstring. And then Kemba Walker ran out of minutes. He was coming back from a knee issue. Uh, and then Marcus Smart fouled out. So there was uh, um, a lot of soldiers who went down there for the Celtics. Nonetheless, Levert scored uh, 37 points in the fourth quarter in overtime. I don't care who you're playing. Celtics by himself. That was incredible basketball. Um, And it it made me wonder uh, about what the Nets are going to do, both with Karis LeVert and just with their team. Um, Because I want to go back to something that just happened recently. Uh, Kyrie Irving gave that interview where he said, and I'm just going to quote directly from the interview, we're going to go out. We're going to do the best we can with the guys we have in our locker room right now and we'll worry about all the other stuff in terms of moving pieces and everything else as an organization down the line. Um, collectively, I feel like we have great pieces, but it's glaring we need one more piece or two more pieces that will complement myself. And then he listed off a bunch of people, Durant, DeAndre Jordan, Garrett Temple, Dinwiddie, Lavert, and we'll see how that evolves. Um, it was – I actually – I'm never going to criticize a player for being honest – I think he was being honest. I think what he's basically saying is we need somebody beyond Kevin Durant and myself. We need a third star. And then uh, Sean Marks went on to um, – did a radio. Sean Marks, the GM, went, did a radio show in New York um, uh, within this last 10 days or so. And um, he basically – I don't want to speak – I don't want to put words in his mouth, but he basically ratified it. He basically said – uh, Kyrie and Kevin, I, I have it right here. Kyrie and Kevin and the rest of the guys have all signed on here to build this. I always take a select handful of players' opinions in terms of how we can build. Uh, we've done this since day one. Because these guys know the players better than anyone, they'll be brutally honest because we've got to go play with those guys. I think it's important to weigh their opinions. Another, and he was being asked directly about what Kyrie said. So he didn't say, no, 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 we're not going to do anything. And I, I'm just putting the pieces together here. I think the Nets intend to be well, can aggressive. I, can I translate that quote real quick? Yeah. He's, he's basically saying, look, when we went out and got Katie and Kyrie, we knew they were going to run the franchise, so I got to do what they want. That could be one interpretation of it. Um, Lavert is having a good year, even though he's been in and out of the starting lineup because of the, just the way their roster has gone. He's also had injuries, um, as has been the case for much of his career. But um, Jackie... I'm wondering, notwithstanding his great performance last night, I'm wondering if the Nets are going to use Karis LeVert this summer as an attempt to go out and get that third player that um, Kyrie still thinks that they need. 
quite clear. Well, I, it's, I'm sure it's entirely possible. Um, I wouldn't be moving on from Karis Levert. And by the way, the other name you hear in this is Jared Allen. I wouldn't be moving on from him either. So mm-hmm. I don't really get this. Din, Dinwiddie's the other name we hear. To me, that's the heart of their team in terms of not talent, but in terms of the heart of their team. And maybe. Well, how they, are you going to get they, that third player without moving some of these guys? Well, are you so you know, sure? I guess here's my question: Are you so sure you need that third player? I'll I mean, tell you who is at, sure. What cost? Kyrie Irving. At what cost? Okay, but well, I don't I, care but what I, Kyrie Irving thinks. I don't. I'm sorry. And, and, well, guess who cares what nice Kyrie Irving be, thinks? Sean Marks. I mean, I, I mean, I well, I'm, I'm, I'm reading from their quotes. I agree. Listen, with, I'm sure I they're going to go out and try to do this. But go ahead, go ahead, Tim. No, I was going to say I agree with you, Jackie. I mean, we we definitely need another piece. Well, can KD actually play a second first before we go and just determine this? And look, when you go out and sign two max guys with a core of a team that you know, keeping for the most part, obviously Russell's gone, but keeping for the most part the core of a team that was a playoff team before, like, you have to do something else drastic there? I, I don't know. To me... Yeah, I, I, I honestly... I, do I, don't, not think, I don't get I, it. I, I don't think what Kyrie's talking about here is let's go out and get a role-playing stretch four-man. I think he's talking about going out and getting another star. I think he's thinking about if the Wizards somehow feel like they have to trade Bradley Beal, that that's who they want to go out and get. That's what I'm thinking that, they're, that Kyrie's and, thinking and then, about. And then, you know what? How's Kyrie going to feel about being the number three option? Well, <laughs> it's like that's a you're, different you're, conversation. You're fixing, you're, you're fixing his, you're succumbing to his whims to create more problems. But again, when you sign those kind of players, you basically hand over control of the franchise, and we, you know, that's just the understanding in the NBA. I'm going to read from. Boy, a, I'm going to read careful. from the quote. I mean, it's transparent. It's out there. It's glaring. In terms of the pieces we need to be at in order to be at the next level. Well, he is as convinced yeah. of this as he is that the earth is flat. That doesn't mean he's right. Well, I'm just telling you. I, I, no, I, I'm not I, saying I, that this might not happen, Brian. All I'm saying is I'm just looking at it and saying, okay. You So, I mean, who wouldn't want Bradley Beal? That's, I would like Bradley Beal on my team. At well, what it may, price? Bradley well, Beal may not you know. be available. I mean, but I'm just well, saying, right, like, right. So all I'm saying is that. So a few things here, okay. You should try to get. It's Sean Marks's job to go out and make the best team he can. And if it's Bradley Beal as a third player or whomever else, he, that's his job. Drew Holiday, all the names we hear, he should try to go out and do that. That's his job. And if it if it costs you Karis Levert, fine. I get that. I totally get that. But I just. I just, all I'm saying is, like, for instance, Jared Allen. We keep hearing about Jared Allen as being one of these players. Please tell me why you would keep DeAndre Jordan and trade Jared Allen other than DeAndre Jordan was part of your package for Kevin Durant. I was going to say, Kyrie exactly. And that's a problem, man. That's a problem when that's you start it, making decisions like that. It's a problem. Sorry, but as, but as McMahon said, they made that decision already. Well, but they didn't make the decision to move on from Jared Allen. You can have DeAndre Jordan on the roster. You don't have to play him all the time. He's 31 years old. Jared Allen's 21 years old. When they made the decision to go with Kyrie and Durant, 
they threw their little nice little incubator we're going to build like where the Philly 76ers, they threw that out. No, I, I don't disagree with that. I'm just saying. Another thing about, the other thing about Levert, he signed what I think is a pretty reasonable contract extension. Three Very years, 50, 52. Yeah, 53 yeah. million. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, that's, and Spencer, that's pretty. And Spencer did win yeah. it? I don't know. Are, are you ready to, I mean, I'm not saying he's Bradley Beal, but, you know, he's not the former G League guy anymore either. Why well, are you wearing um, I don't know. Joe I Harris, just, I he think, gets, he's he's gone too, right? I mean, he's never. Well, mentioned. he's a free agent. They may be. They yeah. may resign him. I mean, uh, I just think that uh, based on what Sean Mark said, based on what Kyrie said, I see the Nets as big game hunters. Whether they're not, they're, whether they're going to be able to execute that or not is a different conversation. Whether there's going it to is. one of the things, one of the things that when I talk to executives out there, that they say is if Giannis extends with the Bucks this summer. Which, depending on who you talk to, is a, is either a slam dunk or a real question. The Bucks certainly feel like they have a great chance to extend him this summer. If he signs that Supermax extension this summer, and all of the teams that are sort of saving, you know, keeping their uh, ammo dry for 2021, may begin to make action. And, th- and they tell me that this summer's star movement may be hinged on whether or not Giannis extends or not. That if he extends, all of a sudden you'll see more action. So that may be a factor in this. There may not be a, a player that is available for the Nets to trade for. But I'm just I'm reading the tea leaves and seeing that the Nets are certainly gonna are gonna head in that direction. And another player that if he ever became available, again he's not available right now as far as we know, is Drew Holiday. Um who I think would be a remarkable fit in Brooklyn. Um, you know, if if that became you know, something was possible, um, just keep an eye on that. And you know, Karis coming off his, off this great game. Uh, one guy I know who's not available is uh, Trey Young. McMahon, uh, before we got on the podcast, you were um, reacting to Trevor Ariza. Uh, Trey Young nutmegged him this week, um, as he does almost every game, where he dribbles up and. Um, Instead of crossing over, you know, this is sort of like the new age crossover, right? If you, the guy's in defensive position, you dribble the ball between his legs to get around him. Even people use it like, you know, like with the crossover, people tend to make fun of the player who gets crossed, but it's actually a pretty effective way of getting past the player. Uh, although there's a high turnover chance if the guy gets his, puts his legs together, gets his hand down there. But it's it's a way of showing up a player, even though I think Trey Young uses it as a maneuver, just like you'd use a crossover. Yeah, and so and, and, okay, and so Ariza, you're showing up a guy, well, right? And Ariza what, got you're upset. Supposed to dunk and, on a guy now, like oh right. my god. Well, well, just to say and, before I let before I let you go, Ariza body checked him, and he he threw the ball between his legs, and he was going to, yeah. to fetch it, and Ariza body checked him and told him, "Don't do that again." So now you're yeah, reaction. and then and then post game did the whole like pull you close, like you know animated whisper in the ear and then post you know in the in the locker room made a big thing and don't do that bleep again you know don't do it to me i'm not with the funnies blah 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 like okay you were with the funnies when you were james harden's teammate and wesley johnson was sprawled out after getting uh crossed over on a step back and and harden kind of looked at him and smirked and hit a three you were with the funnies then like i mean look this is a basketball move i'm I, I respect Trevor Reza. The guy's been a solid player in the league for a long time. But who made him like the unofficial, you know, rule maker? You know, like the basketball etiquette 
uh, chairman. I mean, well, dude, if you don't want to get nutmeg, close your legs. But <laughs> it's an effective move. I mean, he's not. It's it's he's doing it to to get past you and get towards the hoop. And look, I'm not saying Trey Young is some perfect you know basketball player. We can nitpick his game all day long. But why should you know he be prevented from doing something that's effective for him because? It's embarrassing to the defender. Like I said, okay, hey, Giannis, don't dunk on anybody else. It's embarrassing to them, okay? I mean, it's ridiculous. Jackie, did did Larry Bird ever nutmeg anybody that you recall? I can't recall him ever doing that to anybody. <laughs> but that's La- Larry Bird, no no, no ball fakes that snap a, you know, make a defender snap their neck around and then you sh- either shoot it over and pass it right by him. Yeah, I mean, that's right. It's kind of like breaking, it's when you break somebody's ankles, like that great one Harden did when, who was it, help me out, he fell down and he just waited. Yeah, he Wesley Johnson. It's up Wesley Johnson. Wesley Johnson, yeah, 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 that's the same one. Yeah. So oh, this like, is like know. if they told Iverson, don't, you know, no crossovers. Well, that's that's I mean, showing up, yeah. guys. It's ridiculous. The Ty Lue step over. Can't be doing that. Although that was interesting. I don't it's know. Actually, I'm not as bothered by this as you, I guess. Trevor Reason wants to tag him with to get his flagrant one. You know, it's old school versus new school. Let It, it played out in the court. It's all good with me. It's actually, by the way, um, while some people, I actually looked this up, where the term nutmeg comes from. Certainly you can try to guess based on the maneuver, but it's actually, it comes out of soccer because it's an old mm-hmm. English thing where, you know, you would do it in soccer. And um, it's from uh, the 1800s. It was Victorian slang. Um, if you got nutmegged, it meant be, be tricked or deceived. So um, so it doesn't have anything to do with where you're putting the ball necessarily. Well, I know that's a lot. Maybe that's why it gained popularity in uh, in the NBA especially. Um uh, being nutmeg became to imply stupidity on the part of the duped and cleverness on, and on part of the trickster. And like I said, I'm sure it is. And, I, and honestly, I hate to admit it. I've been nutmegged in a pickup game, an old man pickup ball. How embarrassing is that? Are you serious? There's, there's no, wow. Well, yeah. I was, well, and, here's and the problem. And what did you do? Well, yeah, what did I gave you do, up man? a bucket. I gave up a bucket <laughs> and, and cussed a whole bunch. But like, how here's did you feel when it happened? Oh, it was humiliated. And the worst part about it was it was old man pickup game, but I was, and this is, you learn, stay in your age bracket because I was playing (laughs) with some, some younger brothers and it didn't, you know, so it was, I was, I was out of, I was out of my, uh, I was playing a a couple levels up anyways and and got humiliated. Yes, for sure. So, so and so it was embarrassing, but guess what? And the guy was trying to show me up too, but okay, that's part of the game. It was effective. So, do you think Trey should have said to Trevor Ariza, "Okay, Boomer," when he uh, <laughs> yes, <about> that? absolutely. <laughs> I, and and I do respect that Trey. The next day, the Atlanta reporters, you know, I guess who's at practice the next day or whatever, asked him about it. He's just like, "Yeah, I'm gonna keep nutmegging people. Like it's part of my game." And again, it, it really is. It's just like. Hey, James Harden really embarrasses people when he does that step back and, and you know, their knees buckle. Well, it, okay, it's effective. I mean, th- this whole basketball etiquette, like you can't show up the vets. Well, dude, retire then. I just want to take a quick pause right here because we all know whenever you're running a business, HR issues can kill you. 
wrongful termination suits, minimum wage requirements, and labor regulations are something all small business owners have to deal with. And HR manager salaries aren't cheap, an average of 70000 bucks a year. But Bambi, that's spelled B-A-M-B-E-E, was created specifically for these issues. You can get a dedicated HR manager, craft an HR policy, and maintain your compliance, all for just 99 bucks a month. With Bambi, you can change HR from your biggest liability to your biggest strength. Your dedicated HR manager is available by phone, email, or even real-time chat. From onboarding to terminations, they customize your policies to fit your business and help you manage your employees day-to-day, all for just 99 bucks a month. And it's month-to-month, no hidden fees, and you can cancel anytime. You didn't start your business because you wanted to spend time on HR compliance. Let Bambi help. Get your free HR audit today. So you go to Bambi.com slash hoop right now and schedule that free HR audit. That's Bambi.com slash hoop. That's BAM to the B-E-E dot com slash hoop. Bambi slash hoop. Speaking of getting shown up, uh, I don't want to talk too much about what happened with Spike Lee at the Garden the other night. Um, although... I've never, I don't understand the concept of anybody actually wanting to go in through the employee entrance at the garden. The, all of us on this call are very familiar with that entrance. Um, it's not exactly something that I would call VIP in any regard. Um, but how, how, why ever, you know, one of the things about the garden that if you've never been there, you would know is that the basketball floor is actually on the fifth level. It's a remarkable building because it's got the train station in the basement. Then it's got the Mass Garden Theater in you know, you know, in the middle level, and then the actual arena sits on top of all of it. Um, and that interminable wait for the elevator at the employee entrance, Jackie. I, I know I've spent a lot of time waiting for that elevator. I wonder if Spike has some special ranking power, but um, I can't believe that on Leon Rose's first day in office. Oh, I know. Well, that was the shame of it, right? Because you know Leon Rose had absolutely nothing to do with this. Of course nothing. not. You probably didn't know about it. You know, It's just welcome welcome to the league. But then the ridiculous statement oh. that they put out. Good God. I love the tabloids, though. Did you see them? Do the fight thing. Do the wrong thing. Yes. They had a lot of fun with this. It was oh, really, really it's good. a gift. And, and not only is it Leon Rose's first game as president... The Knicks pulled off an upset over a red oh, hot know. Rockets team. Their, their, the number three overall pick, RJ Barrett, was spectacular. Like, you yeah. finally have a sliver of basketball sunshine and a direction, change of direction in the France. Like, you've got great things to focus on and you pick a fight with the, you know, essentially your million, multi-millionaire mascot. Like, what are you doing? Right. And it, again, just to be clear, it was the next day they put the statement out. You know, whatever happened during the game happened. But then they put the statement out and Spike was doing some media and he was doing first take and whatever. But the escalation of it and, you know, the statement with a picture of an entrance and a a grainy photo of Spike <laughs> begrudgingly shaking Dolan's hand. And see, but again, my feel is that that I think that is I don't know for sure, but it's kind of like with the press conference. That that Steve Mills and Scott Perry had ten games into the season. Steve Mills is a is not a stupid man. This is a man who went to Princeton, who's worked in the NBA for a very long time. You know, he knows that you you don't go out and give that press conference. 
he gave that press conference because Jim oh, Dolan forced yeah. him to do it. And this is what I'm just afraid of is like, you know, this statement that got put up. The, the Knicks employ smart oh, public God. relations people. You think these folks... They're wincing this as they type this thing. Of course. And that's my thing. Like, Leon Rose is a very competent uh, basketball person with a lot of experience who probably has very good ideas. And so my thing would be, you know, how is this going to change? Literally on his first day, it's a reminder that nothing has changed, that nothing has changed at all. This and, is the uh, same. This is the same staff, though, that had to put out a statement denying that Richard Jefferson was offered a contract like two or three summers ago because of an offhand joke R.J. made, you know, in the middle of freaking Nets broadcast. I mean, that's how petty the Knicks. Uh, not, not the Knicks. That's how petty Dolan is. Majoring the in the new minor. boss, same as the old boss. That's all. Never um, changing as long as he's in charge of the team. Poor Leon. Yeah. And, and and then he's he gets offended guy. that they're sell the team chance. If you chance sell the team, you're kicked out of the arena. Get out of here. Yeah. Right. Well, he like will hear one fan in the stands in the eleventh row point to them, and not only have them thrown out of the arena, but they have them banned from the arena. And like again. There's too many important things for him to focus on. I, if yeah, I whether Leon they're Rose, whether you're a ten year old kid or you played ten years for the Knicks, it doesn't matter. If I were Leon Rose, I would say, "Hey, Mr. Dolan, would you, maybe you should consider sitting in a suite where yeah. you know you're not as visible and people won't chant at you." If for no other reason than if it's going to trigger him and literally ruin his night, if somebody yells at him to sell the team, then maybe he should just be somewhere where some people can't get to him. Maybe that would, you know, maybe that would be a better place for him, just for everybody. But whatever it is, I just, I just, when I heard that Leon Rose was being hired as the as the president of the Knicks, I said, you know what? That's not necessarily a bad choice. It's a bit of a risky choice, but I could see that working. Uh, I have a lot of respect for Leon. He, I don't, I don't, I think he's going to struggle with the front facing aspect of it because he's a guy who always has faded to the back. Um, uh, I can't tell you how many times, you know, he's, you know, I've seen him at games and he's, you know, we're waiting outside the locker room and he's, you know, he's one of the most powerful people in the NBA. He's one of the, uh, you know, he's, you know, the, the head of CAA basketball. We're talking about one of the biggest power brokers in the league and people would just walk by and have no idea that one of the most powerful people mm-hmm. in the NBA was standing there. He, he, you know, by purpose fades to the back a little bit. It's hard to do that. Um, when you're the face of a franchise, I realize that he doesn't want to be holding press conferences. Uh, and he times didn't a hold year. a press conference, which was interesting. That's right, but I think that's going to be a challenge if they're for him. That's going to be one of his biggest challenges. If they're successful, nobody will care. But um, but I actually th- I thought it was a really was a worthwhile risk uh, to hire him. I think that there are some some really good things that come out of it and. It just took me back to the day they hired David Fisdale. I thought everything that they said the day they hired David Fisdale made sense. I loved their plan. I, I liked you know their, their process. I was like, okay, finally the Knicks have something that they can follow through on. And it lasted for like 15 minutes and went south. And you know how how could I possibly assume that this won't last 15 minutes and go south as well? I, I hope I hope that I'm wrong because the NBA needs them to do well.
Over the next few months, I'm going to be traveling around the world, both for vacations, for playoffs, and I hope for the Olympics. And since I'll be consistently changing time zones, consistently up late and then have to get up early, whether it's to work or fly, I know I'm going to get tired. And when you get into situations like that, that's where 5-Hour Energy Shots can help you stay alert and energized no matter where you're headed. 5-Hour Energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. With no sugar, just 4 calories, and that convenient portable size, it's a perfect pick-me-up for busy, hardworking people. And you know, if you listen to this pod, that it now comes in two great extra-strength tropical tastes, strawberry, banana, and tropical burst. They're delicious, and they can take you to a tropical on-the-go experience. Try them both. Then go online to shop the number five hourenergy.com and use the code hoop H O O P to receive a one time 10% off your order. That's shop the number five hourenergy.com and use that code H O O P and receive a one time offer of 10% off. Five hour energy, energy on the go. Speaking about big markets and, uh, teams that the NBA always wants to do well. Um, I think, guys, huge weekend coming up for the Lakers. I was at their game last night uh, here in L.A. with the Sixers. Um, that game was a little bit of a, obviously, with no Simmons and no Embiid, it didn't have the same allure. Uh, I've been looking at this. Milton played. He did, but he, I think he had 13 points this time around. Uh, Al Horford got put into a ring. I mean, the whole he did it to the whole team, but Al Horford had a rough night. Anthony Davis was just freaking great. If if it had been more of a contest, AD might have put up close to 50. Um, he had 26 in the first half, completely dominated. They had 65 points on him in the first half. But I've been looking at this week for a long time. Uh, the Philly game didn't materialize, but Friday, the Bucks are here. Major, major matchup. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Sunday, Clippers-Lakers, in the last meaningful Clippers-Lakers game of the year, the, the game that was rescheduled in April will be the third night of a back-to-back-to-back for the Lakers. That's why third night of a back-to-back-to-back and the second night of a back-to-back for the Clippers. I don't I don't have no idea who's going to play in that game. Uh, obviously, the Lakers have not beaten the Clippers yet. They lost to them on opening night. They lost to them on Christmas Day. Um Jackie, I think this weekend is a huge referendum on where the Lakers are right now. Well, certainly, uh, especially the Bucks, because you only you only play you know those those come around twice a year. That's it. And uh, I am interested to see because the Bucks have scuffled just a tiny bit here. If we can even say that, you almost don't want to say that. The last couple of games, they haven't maybe looked as good as they have been. But I. I I'm so impressed by the Lakers. I don't even know if I need to need to see these games to say that I think they're, you know, a, a championship contender. But what I guess what's interesting is the Lakers Clippers will be endlessly fascinating forever, uh, for as long as LeBron is in L.A. and Kawhi's in um, L.A. Also, I just think that's endlessly fascinating for all sorts of reasons. The the animosity that they share you know, is is worth noting. Pat Beverly told a funny story when we were in Chicago about how he was warming up in the, uh, you know, they have a little weight room and he was going into the weight room and there was a Lakers player in there playing his music and Pat Beverly said, shut it off. He said, why? He goes, it's our home game. Get out of here. <laughs> Which I love that story. <laughs> you know, and I think there is some real feeling about both, you know, certainly we know the Lakers, some of the comments that got leaked about from Jeannie Buss on how 
You know, she she didn't consider the Clippers an equal. I know that sticks in their craw. I know how badly they want to own this town. And as you guys know, in the standings, the Clippers keep inching up, inching up. They're in that second, you know, if the playoffs start today, they'd be the number two seed, um, which is what we all expected, right? And, so, and by the way, uh, I love every time you watch a Lakers game on national TV, you're guaranteed to see a Kawhi New Balance ad, basically talking, you know, it's it's our city or whatever it is. Yeah, their, their, little, their marketing you know. campaign is uh, is we over me, which and they're on billboards all over the place. It has been since the beginning of the season, and it's it's kind of a veiled shot at LeBron, right? Like, um, yeah, of course, yeah, you know. Uh, and you know, now uh, Kevin Arnovitz reported this over the weekend um, that Steve Ballmer is you know in line to buy the forum, right? So, so to clear mm-hmm. the way for him to build his new arena. Out there, <laughs> you think speaking would... of Jim Dolan pettiness, that's true. I know, right? Um, no but that, but that's you know that, that was actually a prudent move because he probably raised the price Ballmer was willing to pay yeah. for it. But um, do you think he would take a wrecking ball to the forum? Man. Uh, <laughs> um, anyway, that's neither here nor there. Um, there's definitely a real a real rivalry there, and um, the players are never going to admit it publicly. But I can just tell you, being around the teams. It matters to them. This game matters to them, and I think they do if, say it publicly. I, I, I think they do, Brian. I, I don't think it's even. A, a, I think it's a pretty open thing. I think if you ask them, they will tell you. I mean, like Pat Beverly told that story. I don't even think it's a clan, clandestine thing anymore. I think people openly talk about it in both locker rooms. I really do. Yeah. So I, I think at the end of the day, if you're going to beat the Clippers four times in in May. It might be nice to beat them at least once in the regular season. I, I know that that doesn't carry over. It's not like the, if the Clippers go three, you know, win the first three meetings, that means that they get to start with an extra five points on the scoreboard. Um, obviously, I've covered many LeBron teams uh, that got beat up in the regular season by teams and then came back and and beat them in the playoffs. Um, I covered. Yeah, but how many LeBron. of those teams have Finals MVPs on the other side? Uh, I'm just saying. Clearly, the regular season isn't everything, but you got to start beating them at something at some point. Uh, I think it's a pretty damn important game for the Lakers, and and the Lakers have actually had a a pretty good run of quality performances here. Um, they had that nice victory over the uh, the Nuggets um, right before uh, the break um, on the road um, in Denver. Um, they had a, a nice win over the. The Celtics at home. Granted, Kemba Walker didn't play in that game, but it was a it was a quality win. And um, you know, I felt like their win in New Orleans on Sunday, although New Orleans backed it up with a really bad loss to the Timberwolves. Uh, I'll give them that. But you know, I thought that when they had um, uh, you know in in New Orleans, now they laid an egg in Memphis the night before, but it was the second night of a back to back without Anthony Davis and LeBron played awesome, and they won. Um, they, they've had some. Some some good wins. Um, uh, really, the last quote unquote big game that they lost was that Rockets game, uh, where the Rockets beat them by ten uh, again right before the trade deadline. Um, right after other than the that, oh, was it after the trade deadline? Yeah, yeah, it was Covington's um, first game. Other than that, let's see, they've won one. They've won you know uh, nine of ten games. Other than that, so you almost ran out of fingers counting that up. I did. <laughs> I didn't look it up beforehand. So I, I think it's a terrific test for him, and it's going to be an opportunity to 
really get a feel of where they are. The Clippers right now, uh, they've got a couple of games to play between now and then, but they're at full strength. They've got yeah, everybody. Yeah, they're finally healthy again. Uh, both teams are off on Saturday. There's no, you know, back-to-back issue. You know, Kawhi should play. Paul George should play. Let's see yeah, it. It'll be fun. Let's see it. It's going to be fun. Um, and oh, by the way, it is though, on ABC. <laughs> it is, right. I was going to just say quickly, you mentioned Covington. Um, wow, he's fun to watch, Tim. He's so he's helped them so much, the Rockets. Just to yeah, decide. You know, it's, it's interesting it's because, uh, not to steer too far from the Lakers, but one of the big criticisms, obviously, of the Rockets are, hey, they have no rim protection. And small sample size theater, but Covington, with a seven foot one wingspan, is yeah. averaging yeah. two and a half blocks per game in Houston. Yeah, and as an aside, but man, he he played great when he was in Boston over the weekend. And I've been yeah. following him a bit. He's played really well for them. Good fit. Yeah, I had a conversation with him um, earlier this season. I I went to Minnesota for three days in November, and did all these interviews with Timberwolves players um, and coaches about their really good start and why it was working. And I had this oh tremendous interview with uh, best interview I've ever had with Andrew Wiggins, and I've talked to him since he was a rookie. Um, and then before we could actually get the story to run, they went on a 13-game losing streak or whatever, and the story is now never going to run. Right. And um, I interviewed um, like six players for it, and all six players are now gone. They all got really? traded. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and, You're like yeah. Shout out to Mary. Andrew the Hahn. Shout out to yeah. Andrew the Hahn. Sometimes things happen when you have a story reported, and the thing just, you got to blow it up. Just that's <clears> unfortunate, but uh, anyway, oh, I don't oh, know man. what kind of Tell insight. Me about it. I'm sitting I, I, on I one that on. I just want to cry about. I just want to cry. Just want to cry. Well, anyway, I oh, talked wow. to Covington. You know, I, I had a conversation with him, and he talked about how difficult it was to get traded last year. He was traded to Minnesota in the Jimmy Butler deal. He talked, and then he got hurt, and they talked about how it was the worst year of his career. And I said to him. You know, Robert, I'm sure I'm not the first person to say this to you, but I feel like you're probably going to get traded quite a bit in your career because mm-hmm. you're a guy on a on a. I think he's got still two years left on a contract that's reasonable yeah. for a player of his ability, and everybody wants a player like him, a versatile defensive man who can shoot from the outside. Yeah. And he and he said, "Yeah, you're probably right. You know, I, I'd like to have a home here, but you're probably right." And sure enough, well, and he gets and, you moved. Know, that's he's, he's thriving. He's also a guy who the stars love him. I remember I, when when they traded him, when Philly traded him, I was rerouted to meet the Sixers in Memphis, and the first thing Joel Embiid mentioned was how much he was going to miss Covington, and and Sarge too. But Covington, he was really seen. And you know, forget hey Jimmy Butler's coming. It was how much they were going to miss Covington. Uh, you know, Towns was said to be really upset that that Covington was traded. But here's the thing. Covington is a guy who can help make a really good team better. He can't make a bad team good. That was obvious in Minnesota. He, he's a really nice complimentary player. Yeah, and um, I uh, I also feel like he's in a he's in a spot where his role unlocks so much of what they need Westbrook and Harden to do. Um, yeah. So he's yeah, he's a real true. direct real direct. Um, uh, contributor there. Um, all right. Well, thank you, uh, guys. I appreciate it. I, I think we're going to have a lot to talk about when we reconvene next week. Jackie, I'm hoping for all kinds of inside insights from um, Sloan. I know you ha- you well, hang out with, pres- with presidents there and stuff like that. I will tell you this already. No handshakes, just elbow points. I ran into um, Daryl at Saturday game, you know, when they were in town, and I, I went to go say hello to him, and 
he gave me an elbow point, and I said, what is this? He said, this is what we're doing. <laughs> so no shaking hands at the Sloan Analytics Conference. Not happening. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going overseas next week. I'm not afraid. Um, uh, not. All right, Where are thank you going? You. Well, Where are you going? Show up, show up next week for the podcast and find out. Oh, um, there's a tease. We call that a tease in the biz. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, thank you, McMahon. Thank you, Jackie. Thank you to Troy back in Bristol. I don't thank Andrew Hahn because he didn't show up for this podcast. Uh, thank you for listening. Have a great weekend. <laughs>